Okay, Jen Silvernagel, we are skipping most of the countdown to get right to action here. How are you today? I'm good, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing awesome. We got lots in store for everyone today. Uh, some really good topics. We always have good topics. Why is any day? Why is today any different? We always have good topics and an amazing guest. I'm so excited to have on who who we've got scheduled for today. So let's uh, let's roll the intro and we'll get right to it. Sounds good. All right, Jen. So lots of great stuff, as we just mentioned, and really, really excited about our guest for today. So I'm going to hand it over to you. And then when you're ready, when you can, you, you give me that look and I'll bring our <laughs> guest on. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Yes. Our guest today is amazing agent. Um, she has grown her own business. She started, you know, a few years ago and has had tremendous success over the past few years while being a mom, um, running a home, managing both work and like home life balance, and just been an inspiration to a lot of people to see what's possible and what you can really do when you put your mind to it, right? And so, uh, you know, she's also a very sweet and kind person and, you know, very fun to be around and just a sweetheart but also a, a phenomenal businesswoman. And I'm excited to talk to her today. And our guest is Dina Medeiros. Dina, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So you know, you know what I love, Jen and Dina. I I don't intend to embarrass you one bit. This is this is so awesome. And the more you got to talk about um, Dina, Jen, as you were explaining who she was and how awesome she is, I could see her smile get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I see when I think of Dina, that's what I always like. Just her big, amazing smile, Dina. You've always got a smile on your face. I love it. It must make everyone around you so happy. Oh, thank you, thank you. Very good. Very good. So a lot yeah. of us, you know, we know Dina because we've been around, you know, the brokers for a number of years and we've got to get to know you. And, and, and as Jen said, you, you know, you've built your business into something pretty awesome. And, and we'll talk a lot about that. But for those that don't know Dina, who is Dina Metaros? Give us that one minute kind of snapshot into who Dina is. Sure. Um, well, actually, Jen, I don't know if you know this, most people don't, but I've actually been licensed for 13 years. Um, so sometimes I get new clients, yeah, and they, they go, oh, how long have you been in business? And I say 13 years, and they kind of look at me sideways, like you can tell they're trying to do the math. Uh, I got into the business really young, that's why. So I started working at an office when I was 18, and um, I got my license at 20. So I've been doing it for a while. Um, and now fast forward 13 years later, um, I'm a mom. I got two boys, three and five, a uh, husband. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So it, you've always known real estate in a sense, you know, you, you've, and I remember Dina told me that maybe a month or so ago and I about fell off my chair. I had no idea you were licensed <laughs> and been in the business that long because <laughs> we all, like oh, Dina yeah. looks like she's 25, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like, I knew it was like a little while, you know, I knew that there was time, but I didn't think it was that long. I was thinking five years, seven years, you know, eight years. I kind of thought that was the window. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, I well, I've it. been with Keller Williams for, this is my fifth year. 
Um, so five years full time. Ever since I switched to uh, KW, I went full time. Uh, so full service, full time agent. But yeah, I've been licensed for 13 now. So it's been a ride. That's a, yeah, I love it. You've got so much experience. And, and that's something that, you know, comes in so handy in these volatile markets that we're in that you've seen multiple markets, right? So it, it helps to navigate that and, and keep your business running. Yeah. So Dina, you, you mentioned in your quick little bio there that uh, you're a mom of two young boys, uh, a husband and, and who works, you know, crazy hours sometimes. And then other times he's got time at home with you and the boys and other times when he's gone, he's gone. Kind of like, kind of like a yeah. realtor when we're gone, we're gone. How, like, I know, I know a yeah. lot of people were real estate or not. Over the last year or so, like how how does a young mom like yourself balance that? Like the work life and and spending time with your boys and your husband is is there an art? Is it an art? Like what are you doing with that? <laughs> Honestly, the struggle is real. I think that anybody in this position, especially now, uh, can relate to the challenges with working from home. So yes, my husband has also a very demanding job. Um, we don't have set schedules as you know, as realtors. So um, something really important that works for me is that I time block and uh, I follow my schedule as best as I can. Um, and time blocking isn't just business hours, right? It's family time, it's self-care. I mean, I even have which days of the week I style my hair, like it, it's set. <laughs> I follow it. So do I, by the working, way, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> Because working from home, it's so easy to just, you know, not work. There's the distractions and we have to follow the time block. Um, you know, when the pandemic happened, a lot of the time my office was moved to my laundry room. I mean, I it was the only successful place to hide from my kids and my husband to have a quiet workplace. I mean, we just do whatever we can to follow those time block hours and make sure we're working when we're supposed to be working um, mm -hmm. on the flip side mom guilt is real and i think any working parent can relate to this so time blocking time for the kids and the husband and you know those important things right mm -hmm. so yeah yeah kids yeah. It's a challenge it is a challenge and and you know especially when they find their own voice right dina jen's jen's just starting to learn this right and and one of the yeah. most i'll tell you one of the most convicting things is when my son tavish says you know i need i need you to come play with me I'm like mm. oh my gosh there's so many other things that i need to be doing right now but yeah like those yeah like it's, it's it is a challenge right dina like it's not easy and and no one ever said it would be but we think it's going to be right and no. and, and it's yeah. not yeah yeah cool over to you jen yeah, so yes. I've noticed that I get more of the parent stuff as well, but one of the things that I think would be great to hear is your journey to your success, right? So how did you build your business to what it is today? And, and how did you do that with, you know, young kids and other requirements and, and get to the production level you're at? I know we talked about time blocking a little bit, but I know there's more to it than that as well. So like, where did your business come from and how did you tap into that? Yeah. Um, so like a little bit about my business, like I had mentioned, I did get licensed 13 years ago and I started out actually on a team, um, which was great for me to start, get my feet wet, also just kind of put myself out there. And when I was on a team, I learned a lot of the strategies for, you know, 
door knocking and cold calling and getting out of my comfort zone. Um, so that kind of came then. And, you know, over the years, I've kind of just built my business now, luckily off referral base, um, which has been really great. But when the kids came in, um, and I know this is what we're getting at, how do we do this with the kids? I mean, with my first son, I sold a house when, when I was in the hospital, like, and this was before <laughs> e-signature and, and uh, you know, Authentisign, we didn't do that then. Like I just started doing that just after that. So my clients actually came uh, to the hospital the day after my son was- Are you serious? Yeah, um, yeah. To sign the the um, the offer because we got an offer when I was in labor. Uh, just yeah. I mean, when I say like do whatever you can to make it happen, I mean you really do whatever you can. Um, but after when I had boy number two, um, I really have to attribute a lot of my success to you know my family because it takes a village, and I have a lot of support, and I wouldn't be able to do this without you know the backup that i have so you know i really have to give the credit to also my family here because i think it would be just impossible <laughs> yeah absolutely and with your referrals and your database like how do you how do you maintain those relationships like is it especially right now with covid yeah. you can't knock and you know cold calling is limited at best we see that that's kind of getting harder and harder every year is more and more people get cell phones and get rid of landlines and all that sort of stuff. So how do you stay engaged and connected? Like what are yeah. your, what are your methods for that? Social media. Um, before, before like pre COVID, I used to actually door knock quite a bit and I really enjoyed that and meeting new people. Um, but I haven't done that once since, um, you know, we've been in this situation pandemic. So I actually switched everything over to social media and I keep in contact almost, you know, I'm working on it daily, right? I'm always in contact with people. And, and to be honest, it's for me now, it's the best way. It's been quite successful. And it's the only way to do it right now, being home with the kids and still trying to keep that connection with, with all these people. So it's, it's been working. I love yeah. it. I think, um, uh, Dylan has a nice comment here. Dina's a boss. She can sell your home from anywhere, even in the hospital. That might need to be added to a new social media campaign. <laughs> uh, Dylan, I love it. Yeah. And That's awesome. I, I don't know about you, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Dina, is I think people really undervalue how powerful social media can be. You know, I, I've, I've watched Absolutely. you kind of build your, your presence online over the last couple of years. Uh, how... Mm -hmm. You know how is that? How is that working for you and your clients? I know you've you've leveraged a lot there, but I'd love to get some some examples on how you've kind of turned that into success. Well, you know what? In two thousand eighteen or nineteen, I actually it was when it first really hit me how powerful it is because I sold a house through through Facebook, and you know it wasn't someone off realtor. Um, it was someone off Facebook and, and I sold them the house and then, and then they listed with me and I was like, wow, like this act, this business actually came from Facebook. So then I saw the power of, of attracting new business and using the paid ads and all that. But now since the pandemic, it's like I had mentioned to you, Jen, it's my way of actually keeping in contact with people. So mm -hmm. it's not only getting business, it's using social media to staying in like contact with my current connections and just using, you know, 
interesting stuff and putting it out there. And I do a lot of polls, like fun stuff like that to get people engaged. Um, and it works and it's great. And I get great feedback on it. Yeah, I, I like, I think that's so cool. The, there truly is an undervalue of, of social media because, and, and you gave us a great example of it, meaning, you know, you're able to sell and, and a couple of properties through it, but more importantly, right, ladies, like it's, it's to also remind people of what we do every day. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that's where people, they, they tend to forget, you know, what and how to use it as a tool. I love how you're using it, Dina, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Dina, if seeing as now we now know that you got your license at, at such a young age and something that's happening in our brokerage a little bit where we have a trend of young agents joining us with our training and all of that stuff going on. And if you could go back to your your 18 year old, self, your 20 year old self um, and give yourself advice as an agent at that age, what do you think you would say? Honestly, I wish somebody told me um, like that you're not too young to be successful because back then um, my I knew what I wanted, obviously, because I did it so young and I am very big on goal setting. I do it every year since I was 18. Um, but I always felt like, oh, I'm, I'm a little young for this. And, you know, in, in five years, I'll, I'll be here and I'll be here. And it's not the case. The thing with real estate is you could start at any age. I mean, we don't know people on the flip side getting licensed in their 40s and 50s and they're, they're doing career shifting, right? Real estate really is, it can be for anybody at any age. So just have that confidence and it's your age doesn't matter. Um, so I would say that. And also for me, a big part of my experience, I think I mentioned was that I joined a team and I, I, I picked up that way and really got myself out of my comfort zone there. So gained experience like right off the bat, which was great. Yeah. Teams can be amazing for that, that support network, right. And to kind of give you the, those systems and those things that it takes us longer to learn on our own realistically than it does in a team environment. Cause we're kind of just dropped into it in a team and we figure it out, right. Sink or swim a little bit. Um, yeah. Which is much nicer than just treading water and going nowhere <laughs> at least you're doing one or the other so yeah i love that i i was similar to i was very young when i got my license i think i was 20 21 um and and that was always that would be the same advice i would give is that your age doesn't matter it's it's your competence and your ability to to do the job right that people look for and appreciate so yeah i love that advice Gary, i'm gonna throw it back to you yeah dina i'd love to get some insight on how how KW has kind of given you the tools, the resources to have your success because over the last couple of years, for the people that don't know Dina, uh, she had, we'll say good success that a lot of people would be very proud of to now like exceptional success. And, and Jen and I get to see your career keep moving up and up. And we'd love to learn, you know, what it is that, you know, you, you feel that you're getting from KW or, or vice versa even. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think KW, like I said, I switched five years ago and Gary is right. Five years ago, I had my best year in real estate and then I've only improved um, and achieved since then. So every year has been better. Um, so, you know, everyone, I, I, I shouldn't say everyone knows, but KW does have a great culture and training. And I think that's known, but for me, it's more, it's, it's like the support that I get. Um, I mentioned, I mentioned time blocking. 
you know, that is something that I never did before. That's actually something I, I did with you, Gary. I don't know if you remember, it was pre-pandemic, but Gary actually took the time to, to work with me on that and time blocking and how important that was. And that was in 2019, which was then my best year. And then, like I said, then 2020, I continued it. And um, just even getting out of my comfort zone, which I mentioned, like Jen, you kind of did that with me recently as well, like getting me out of my comfort zone. Um, it's all yep. the support from the office. It, it, it's the push, right? It's They give you the tools, but then they give you that push to use them, right? So, you know, you can you can learn and you can do all the trainings and and you can do all that, but then you need to actually get out there and use it, right? So now you know this, what are you going to do about it, right? Um, so I love that. Of that that back end support that I that I get from the office, I think I think it's really helped me. That's amazing, Dina. Yeah, I, I remember that conversation, the time blocking conversation. Absolutely, I remember that. And and what I love what you said there is, you know, yeah, KW or doesn't matter. I'm sure where you are, there's probably tremendous amount of support. But if you're not doing anything with it, then what's the use, right? And, and I love that you're surrounding yourself, Dina, with people that are, you know, action takers or however we want to coin that phrase. Um, there are yes. a tremendous amount of people that are taking action and, and you're definitely one of them. So kudos to you for that, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, there's amazing agents in our office. And, and that's another thing, too, is like the agents support each other, which is huge. Right? It goes with the culture as well. But I mean, we we go to each other for help all the time. And, so it's fantastic. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, Dina, this has been a pleasure. I'm so, so thrilled that you uh, accepted Jen's invite to come on with us. And, and uh, I, look, I look forward to seeing you on screen much more because you are awesome on video, awesome on screen. Uh, I wish you continued success. And, you know, I know the time blocking is important to you and taking care of your family and, and do take care of your family because that always comes first and, and Absolutely. Uh, continue success to you in your career, Dana. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dina. Bye. Bye. What a sweetheart. I love it. I know. I know. She did so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll tell you, it's so funny, Jen, because we had uh, a couple of people on the podcast over the last few weeks and, and I host another podcast as you know, and we always tell people, yeah, it's easy. Come on. And then when you yeah. kind of, you get into the swing of things, it's, it is easy once you come on, but it, it can be a little nerve wracking uh, leading up to it, but it's a lot of fun. And, and we, we enjoy having people on like Dina and giving her, you know, kudos when, when it's needed. So well done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, highlighting, highlighting the people in the office that we don't hear from as much, right? That Dina has been a, you know, a quiet killer in the background, just doing her thing, <laughs> head down, making it happen year after year. And, and you know, it, it's just funny, like when you finally get that moment to get them that exposure and talk about their successes. And, you know, it's important that we do that. And it, we do take it for granted, Gary, because we do this every week, right? And we're, we talk to people regularly online. So it feels you know, like another conversation, but it's easy to forget how, how nerve wracking it can be when this isn't what you're doing every day. So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. We got a couple of things to hit, uh, uh, to talk about first, we got a little message about red day, Jen. So let's, uh, we'll roll that and we'll talk quickly about red day. Okay.
All right, that's Red Day coming up uh, in two days from now on the 13th. And uh, this year, like we did last year, we are donating to uh, four local food banks, Richmond Hill, Aurora, Newmarket, Keswick, and the health services uh, facility out in the Gray Bruce area where the Terry Hastings uh, team is uh, based out of. So uh, please join us uh, on on Thursday. We're going to host uh, four or five different online events throughout the day, everything from yoga to uh, last year we did a cooking class, Jen. This year, okay, it's the same, but it's a barbecue class. I'm really, really right. excited about that. We change it up a little right. bit. Yeah, I like so, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. with Hot Knives, and they, they hosted it last year as well, and they're going to host it again this year with the barbecue. And uh, pretty excited about that. And um, uh, a dance class, and then a mixology, and then we're going to round everything up with a, uh, a trivia hour. So uh, get connected, donate. Our goal is $5,000. Last year, we blew through that to about $6,700. Pretty amazing last year. We're looking for big, big things again this year, and um, we invite you to celebrate that day with us to give back to the community. Love okay, it. Jen. Yeah, it's always a fun day. Um, you and I, we had our little pre-show talk yesterday, came up with some yep. good stuff. Uh, let's get right at it. So the first one here uh, is all going to be about irrevocables. So we'll jump into that in just a second. Irrevocable time on offers. Okay, Jen, give us the overview of when you write an offer as a buyer and what an irrevocable time typically means uh, for the buyer and the seller. Give us, give us that quick kind of baseline, and then we'll have a discussion around that. Perfect. Yeah, so an irrevocable time when you're the buyer is the time that you're giving, the window of time you're giving for the seller to accept your offer. Um, and so what that means is if your irrevocable is 10 p.m., they have until 10 p.m. to accept the offer that you've submitted as you've submitted it, um, and, you know, you are agreeing that if they accept it, you will agree to follow through and complete the terms and conditions and close on the transaction if everything works out. Yeah. And what you said there at the end is incredibly important because if you, if as a buyer, if I submit an irrevocable to 10 PM, as Jen said, um, I'm obligated until that time to, you know, stand by my word. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and vice versa, if, if, if I'm the seller receiving the offer from Jen, uh, I have until that time to accept it as it stands at that time, right? And yeah. we often get confused. We're, there's a little bit of confusion I've noticed kind of within the industry at the moment with a lot of questions around irrevocable time, meaning I have until 10 p.m. as a seller to sign this back. Mm. What, do you, what do you say to that comment, Jen? Well, I would, I would very politely say, well, that's, that's not quite true. <laughs> um, what, what I actually have is the seller is until 10 p.m. to accept the offer. I have whenever I want to sign a counter offer or a sign back to the other buyer. The, it doesn't have to be within the irrevocable time for me to, to sign back any changes that I'm going to make if I don't want to accept that initial offer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's well said. Well said, because the moment that you sign back an offer, and we're going to talk about sign backs here in just a moment, actually, uh, mm -hmm. it, in a sense, um, it becomes a new offer with a new ir irrevocable right. time. Right. 
And, right. and I've yeah. noticed, you know, on different Facebook forums and different questions that are popping up that there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People need some clarity around that. And, and we, as our, as agents, whether on the buying side or selling side, remember we're in a position to uh, educate our sellers or buyers, our clients, right. And, and in doing so, that's a big piece of it, making sure that we understand uh, what's written in the offers and making sure what the offers themselves are uh, with gauge, you know, with, with time and time about the essence, everything like that. But that's, that's a big one, Jen, that I've seen up, seen come up time and time again, speaking of time. Yeah. You see how many time puns I can throw <laughs> in here. Can you say time here? Um, I think it's one of those things too, that it, when, when you're working within the irrevocable windows, it's that concept or that feeling of the offers live right? That is still a play, like it's still a live offer. And that has transferred into, you know, that expectation that the sellers keep it alive. So they, they counter within that irrevocable time. But once, once there's a sign back or counter, that first offer is, is non-existent at that point. It doesn't exist. It's, it's changed, right? It's, and there's a new irrevocable time and the seller is now saying, here's my offer back to you. And so I think that there's that that misconception or that lack of understanding around the difference between the two. And it's also convenient, right? It's, it's giving structure and timeline to say, well, I need to, I'll hear back by 10. It's easier for us to say to our clients, irrevocable is 10, we'll know by 10. If they're going to accept it, we do need to know before 10 o'clock. We, in fact, need to have a written accepted offer before 10 o'clock, right? Um, if they're going to counter us, they don't need to tell us that prior to 10. And if they're going to let it die, technically, they don't need to tell us anything, although it's not good business. But, you know, you, you could do it that way, right? And, and that comes up sometimes, too. I submit an offer, I never heard anything back, right? Yeah. Can we do yeah. that? Technically, yeah, you could. Yeah, excuse me. The and, and one of the things that I learned along the way to Jen, and maybe maybe you do this as well, is doesn't matter if I'm on the buying side or the selling side. And if I sign back an offer with the obviously a new irrevocable time date and time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always cringe when I saw 1159. <laughs> midnight. I don't want to wait yeah. till midnight to figure out if I got my offer accepted or one way or the other. I'd make it a yeah. time that I, you know, I want to live my life, right? Remember, we're in control of that. And we'll, you know, yeah. we got to treat ourselves and uh, the way we want to be treated and same with others. And I, my, my go-to, depending on the circumstance, my, my go-to was actually nine o'clock because I wanted mm -hmm. everything wrapped up by nine o'clock. And if I had to get back to my sellers or, or clients, uh, I always chose nine o'clock because then we weren't having those deep, deep discussions at, at 1130 at night. And you know, when, when you're probably yeah. already tired and exhausted, and then there's the added level of stress from selling a house uh, for a seller right. or buyer, that that's a lot to ask, right? So I'd yeah. always do nine o'clock. So you ever saw an offer from me, it'd be nine o'clock. And if it was a commercial offer, it'd probably be it'd probably me seven o'clock at the very latest. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Commercial is a different game, right? They, they work totally differently. Yeah. I, I will say I've, I've been, was guilty for many years of the 1159 purely because that's what I was taught and that's what everyone else did. And that's just what we did. So I did it. Um, and I don't know, somewhere along the way, many, many years down the road, probably only really since I've been at our brokerage, I would say that I started shifting that and saying, I don't, I don't want to deal with offers at midnight or 11. Like my latest was always 10 depending on when the offer got submitted, right? Because if I'm, if offer presentation is at seven, you know, nine o'clock is a little bit, usually you get kicked back from the listing agent. I need more time or, 
whatever the case may be. So 10 always seemed like a decent window to be able to kind of get it dealt with without it dying. And then if they, we needed more time, of course, at that point, we would be having a different conversation why why we needed more time and what those circumstances were. But yeah, I, I definitely did shift to that mentality of going like, if we don't know by 10, let's all sleep, wake up yeah. tomorrow, and talk some more. Nothing's going to change, you know, realistically. Now, I get in, you know, in some months, that's not true. A lot might have changed. There might have been six more offers by the time you woke up. So it depends on the circumstances, of course. Um, but yeah, ir irrevocable time is a funny topic because it has gotten misconstrued throughout throughout the the years and the way that people treat it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 using that time to your benefit, even if we're going to take this conversation a little bit farther, Jen, I think it's important, even on my conditions. A lot mm -hmm. of people will see, will just, you know, on the buying side, here's a trick for you. Okay. Ready, everybody on the buying side, just write the date because it means, it means one thing, 1159 PM, or if you really want to be specific and, and provide clarity, write 1159, uh, for a condition expiry for uh, PM, obviously for your, um, conditions. Now, if you're on the selling side, I want that earlier. I want that earlier in the day, right? So yeah. obviously there's going to be a bit of bit of negotiation there but if but if you're on the buying side get it to 11:59. if you're on the selling side make it 6 p.m so you're not yeah. waiting up all night to make sure that your home sold uh it's uh, have the buyer remove those conditions right so little yeah little tidbit absolutely. for those on either side there <laughs> i love it i love it that was a good addition <laughs> yeah yeah the things the things that we just learn along the way that just happens right but if we don't talk yeah. about it then other people don't know right yeah, very yeah. true. Good stuff. Okay, moving on. Somehow. Here we go. Okay, offer sign back. It kind of goes hand in hand with the irrevocable. So where do we want to take this? There's so many different ways to take this, Jen, and the offer sign back. First of all, there's offers either you know, there's offer etiquette and signing it back within uh, not only, you know, respectable time because time is typically of the essence, but mm -hmm. we also want to make sure that we are communicating with our clients what we're signing back and what that means to them, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the best place to take it is what does it mean for the seller? And what does it mean for the buyer when there's an offer signed back in place? A sign back meaning it's coming either from the buyer back to the seller again or from the seller back to the buyer. And I think that's where to start, right? So I've yeah. submitted my offer. You've now, as the seller, given me a sign back. So what does that what does that mean? Right. Yeah, good, good. That's it. Okay, so let's start there. So Jen's provided me with an offer. And now I'm going to sign it back as the seller to Jen, which means I'm now as a seller obligated to do as my word says, and that is sell the home to Jen's buyers. But here's the catch. When Jen then wants to renegotiate something back to me, what, what are we seeing in the marketplace at this moment? So Jen has now signed back the offer again to me. What does that do in a sense to the listing, to my, my home that I'm trying to sell? Yeah. Well, I mean, once, once I count, once I sign back to you as the buyer, it opens up your opportunity as a seller to now receive and look at more offers, right? So when the seller signs back to the buyer, they can't do that. 
They can't look at any other offers. They're committed to that one offer until that irrevocable date expires. The minute I countered back as a buying agent, that opens up the table again for all the other buyers who want to get something in on paper. And, you know, I've had it happen. I've seen it happen where that counter, that sign back from the buyer leads to multiples, right? Because there was someone waiting and that opportunity showed up. So as a seller, once I, once that buyer counters me back or gives me a sign back, I can look at any other offer, right? I can do, I can basically kind of do what I choose to do. I don't have to, I'm not obligated to that offer anymore. I just have till the irrevocable date time to decide whether or not I'm going to accept it. Absolutely. And, and I think we've all had it in different scenarios and, and it's important, even though as a seller, I signed it back and Jen's now countering back to me again, I'm not, I'm not in contract at that moment. The moment you sign it back, I'm, I, as the seller am not in contract at that moment, which means I can look at a multiple, multiple offers. And I've had it as the buying agent and the selling agent, in fact, uh, where mm-hmm. I, I, <clears throat> I picked up the phone on a listing that we were looking at and, and she said, you know, we're in sign back and never, here's the, here's the thing I learned at that moment. I don't know what made me do this, Jen, but I wanted to know who signed it back. Cause I knew where mm-hmm. I wanted to go and the agent yeah. kind of, she didn't really understand the question. So I had to rephrase it. Uh, who currently has signed back the offer to whom? And she has said, well, we as a seller signed it back to the buyer. Okay, perfect. The moment that the buyer signs it back to the seller, it's open season. My friends go, yeah. go as a seller, try and get multiple offers or as a buyer, yeah. that's your now, that's your opportunity. And that's when I submitted an offer and the listing agent at that time, wasn't aware of, of, of what that meant. And I simply said to her, and this is, this is, I think, you know, as agents, we want to, you know, we want to be treated as, you know, we should treat others as we want to be treated. Right. And I, I didn't downplay it in the fact I said, well, you don't know what you're talking about or anything like that. Cause that's never going to get my offer accepted. And, right. and it's, we, we got to choose our words wisely. And I simply said, call your broker record, call, call your mentor, call who you trust and, and lay out the scenario for them and then call me back. Because I mm-hmm. knew exactly what the correct answer was, right? And, yeah. and it's all about yeah. how we kind of coach even our, the, the people that we're in business with or negotiations with. It's all how we coach and talk to them at the same time. And, and that was a big piece of it. So again, that's one of those things, Jen, if, if you don't know, if you've not been in that situation, you may not know it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and I think there's something more to take from that too. I know that I've been in many circumstances where, you know, I've been dealing with an agent on the other side that just didn't know what I knew, whether they were newer or just didn't have the training or the exposure or the experience or whatever that might've been. And instead of getting frustrated with that agent or saying, you know, oh, they're not a good agent or whatever. I, I always felt it was my job to kind of coach them to help make sure we get the deal done. Right. Cause that was my end goal. I was like, okay, well, how do I get this deal done? I need this agent to do X, Y, and Z. So they don't know that they need to do that. I need to make sure that they know that they need to do that, right? By having those conversations in a very specific way and and kind of guiding them in those directions. And we can do that as agents, right? We, we don't have to just be discreet or, or quiet or let them do their thing and we do our thing. You can work together to make those deals happen. And sometimes those agents are very grateful for that because they just, they weren't going to get it together if you didn't step in, right? I'm not saying yeah. take over, but, you know, be engaged in what's happening, know what's yeah. going on on the other side. Yeah. Well, it's at the end of the day, it's a team effort, right? 
to, to yeah, get that absolutely. offer accepted, no matter what side you're, you're on or what have you. It's, it's, there is no size. It's a team effort, right? It's yeah, team, absolutely. yeah. 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 Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. I like this last one. Um, all about putting, putting, setting up offers for, around the holidays. Let's, let's dive into that yeah. one. Okay. So Jen brought this up yesterday and I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, this is all around, um, loading your listings and, and having an offer date or when, when should you load a listing prior to a long weekend or what have you. And you had some good insight here, Jen, that I hadn't really thought of, uh, before. So kind of set this up for us. Yeah. So where this came from was it was actually based around mother's day. Um, that was the conversation I've been having with some of my coaching guys and, you know, multiple people that kind of said, okay, well, Sunday's a, a holiday for lack of a, it wasn't a stat holiday, but it's still a holiday. What does that mean for my offer date on Monday? Or what does that mean for my listing launch um, on Friday or Thursday? And, and so the, you know, where we went with that conversation and, and Gary, I'm going to throw this to you in a question form is if your clients said to you or asked you, you know, it's Easter weekend, should we have offers on Monday or Tuesday? What would you say and how would you approach that? Right. Excuse me. Yeah, I'd say no. And, and <laughs> based on, based on, we want to make sure that the house has maximum exposure to get the people through. And mm -hmm. while be it, while be it, is that what I want to say? While, uh, some of us celebrate Easter and some of us don't or whatever holiday that you might be, um, celebrating, not everybody celebrates. So in your own mind, you're like, well, that's not a big day for me, but in others, it could be. Right? Yeah. So we want to make yeah. sure that that house has maximum exposure uh, and anything from, I mean, the, the, the holiday that might be on there, the least might be father's day, <laughs> but mother's <laughs> day, forget. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. You want to take things like that into account, right? Yeah. And if it's yeah. in an area, yeah. Sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, you have to. And, and one of the things that we discussed yesterday in this conversation was around, you know, events, like you said, that aren't necessarily particular to us. And I was sharing a story uh, that we had launched a listing this year. I think it was either end of February, or early March. And we were conscious of it. We knew that it was the week of Chinese New Year and that was all fine. But, you know, when those when those showings were really slow for day one, day two and day three, and we're looking at it going like, what's what's going on? This is kind of weird. And then, you know, that realization of being like, oh, it's it's Chinese New Year. It's it's a celebration. And we were able to have that conversation and say to our clients, like, listen, we expect that, you know, as of the weekend, it'll get a little busier once we get past Friday. And that's exactly what happened. We were aware of it. So we were able to kind of set that expectation. However, you know, you have to be conscious of that. So it's not just our own holidays. It's all of the other holidays, too, whether you celebrate them or not. Right. Um, Ramadan, Passover. I, I mean, we could list a, a ton of them. There's bigger ones and there's smaller ones. But if you're in a demographic or an area where there's a, a clear denomination, you need to know what that looks like. And, and generally everywhere, because we're a multicultural area, multicultural country, right? People celebrate these things. So what impact is that going to have on your listing? And any long weekend, any holiday weekend, and, you know, it's not a holiday, but Super Bowl weekend <laughs> is probably one where you might not want to have offers on Sunday or on the Monday, right? Because people are going to be doing something else. They're going to be distracted. So push it back to the Tuesday or the Wednesday and give people time to catch up, right? Yeah, absolutely. From the listing perspective. And 
And it doesn't mean hold. Sometimes it does mean, sorry. Sometimes it does mean holding your launch date to the following week or what it could yeah. mean is just extending it a little bit longer. Meaning if you are in a position where you get to hold offers instead of it on five days or seven days, do it for 10 days, you know, extend mm -hmm. it out. Now let's, let's do a little role reversal here, Jen. If you're the buyer and there's an opportunity for you to go see a property on a holiday and offers are accepted at any time, that's an opportunity. Wouldn't you say Jen? It is, it is an opportunity. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so, you know, the argument, I guess the question would be, what holiday is it? Do you celebrate that holiday or not? And are you, I mean, I've done offers at Thanksgiving. I've done offers at Christmas. You know, it happens. It's not ideal, but it certainly does happen. And they've generally worked out pretty well for the buyers, um, you know, because they, there were less people. People yeah. were looking, you know, everyone was looking left and you're looking right. You got a bit of a window there to make something happen. Um, so yeah, there definitely is if your clients are open to it. And if you see as a as a buyer's agent, when you see that opportunity, have that conversation, explain that to your client, you know, don't just say, Hey, do you want to go on Sunday? Say, Hey, here's maybe why we should go on Sunday. Right. Or on Saturday and plan to put in an offer on Sunday. Now you might come up against the listing agent saying, no, we're not looking at any offers today. My clients aren't available. That could happen, but at least you can get that 24 hour irrevocable and have it on the table. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the, I think the moral there is always look at the opportunity and, and, you know, seek out opportunities for our clients, whether you're the buyer or the seller, right? For sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. absolutely. That's our job, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. You yeah. nailed it. You nailed it. Very good. Good show today, Jen. I love having Dina on uh, with us. That was a lot of fun for sure. And uh, yeah, Red Day is May 13th. So be sure to tune in on May 13th on our on our uh, YouTube channel and, and of course, Facebook there. Uh, donate to the local food banks and the health services. It all goes to a great cause. And, and that's something that we do once a year uh, from uh, when we say company wide, we just we don't mean Keller Williams Realty Centers. Right. We mean Keller Williams uh, International, which is, you know, if you take into the staff and the support staff across the world, it's, it's got to be well over 200,000 people, which is pretty amazing, uh, giving back to their local communities wherever they happen to be, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a huge day, right? It's, it's big. It's such a huge part of the culture. And it's, it's just always amazing to see and hear all the stories of what what people have done locally and globally. So um, if you get the chance to participate, it's 100% is definitely worth it for sure. Yeah, very good. So uh, for for Dina Medros that was on our call with us earlier, thank you for, for being amazing. And for Jen Silbernagel, I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody next week. Bye for now. Bye, guys.